Hello, friends, and welcome to the Star City Podcast. I'm Brian Smith, and today we're picking up on the first part of our conversation from last week about what it means to surrender to God's call to full-time gospel ministry. Our guests are Jay Dove, who is the Minister for Pastoral Care and Global Missions, and Patrick Lawrence, who is the Minister of College and Young Professionals. Both of them are presently serving on the ministry staff for First Roanoke. So without any further delay, let's pick up on our conversation today. Here is part two. You know, I think going back and reflecting on that call of God mm-hmm. in our life, in that, in those difficult times, go back and ask yourself, now, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because a personnel committee called me or a senior pastor called me or because I'm getting a paycheck or, or because this is my title or am I doing it because God, you called me to do it. Mm-hmm. And then in that calling, we go back and and we can begin to, to praise him. You know, Michael Harner, our director of discipleship, uh, gave me a great quote yesterday. He said that uh, uh, he had heard someone say, another preacher, uh, to remember during those hard times that Paul and Silas probably had black eyes, a broken nose, <laughs> uh, split bloody lips, mm-hmm. bruised face, a scourge back, yeah. and at midnight, they decided to praise the Lord with singing. <laughs> so, you know, if, I thought that is yeah. a great way yeah. to put in perspective, Absolutely. you know, yeah. really where we need to run to, even if emotionally we don't feel like it, spiritually we know it's good for us and emotions will follow. If, if you guys had waited till you were emotionally ready first to mm. surrender to the gospel— uh, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But because you were obedient, your emotions caught up because your faith stepped out first. Uh, mm. Well, when the Bible says that zeal without knowledge leads to destruction, I think that God is talking specifically to, to me and to us as ministers because at times we feel so deeply and are usually so invested in what we're doing for God, for the church, for others, that we really have a hard time understanding or accepting others who don't quite see it or agree with us uh, or, or like the way that we're doing it or the way in which mm. we're seeking to accomplish it. You know, this becomes even more problematic when the ministry project that we're working on doesn't turn out like we had planned. So how would each of you, in your own way, define success in the ministry as you've come to understand it? And do you still hold yourself accountable for your being successful as a minister as you did when you were working in the secular world? Yeah, I know uh, we mentioned the the Pursuit of Holiness book and, and podcast we just did. The crux of the book is is really this idea that we're to work as if it's up to us, but to pray and believe that it's all up to God. And mm-hmm. when both sides do their part, it's kind of when holiness takes place. I think I think ministry success is the same way. The corporate sphere, at least from my l- limited experience, is more black and white. You hit your goals because X, Y, and Z happened. You miss your goals because you didn't hit X, Y, and Z. Ministry is totally different. There's a spiritual war going on. And on this battlefield, there are people of free will acting in various ways. The thing is, ministers, we need to be careful to not get too down when things fall short and to not get too high when things are going good because Mm. God's standard for success is quite different than our own. Mm. Boy, that's exactly right. Good word, Patrick. Jay? Yeah, I I don't know that that my answer will be altogether different, but it it is, you know, in in the business world in my previous career, it's so much about the outcome. Um, You know, I— how you get there may may vary, and and philosophies come into that, but but yeah. it's the outcome. And I think in ministry, what I've what I've learned and and begun to understand is what I'm accountable to is obedience yeah. and and yeah. God 
takes care of the, the outcome is up to him. Am I obedient to do what I know and, and believe he's leading me to do? And so I think from that standpoint, the, the accountability is still there, but it's not so much the outcome that drives it. It's my obedience, my faithfulness uh, to, to trust him and, and to, and to, you know, in, in terms of, of missions to just know he's always working. Am I doing what I need to do to find where he's working and go go there too? Boy, what a what a great reminder! You know, uh, when we're in the business world or you're in a trade, um, you, you measure success by okay, completed that job. Mm-hmm. You know, was able to bring that client along and uh, uh, success, yeah. or got that house built. You know, mm-hmm. got yeah. that subcontract uh, finished. Um, but but. In the ministry, you have this overwhelming sense of unfinishedness. Mm -hmm. No matter how many cards we write, no matter how many calls we make, no matter how many texts we send, how many emails we respond to, how many visits we make, or how many testimonies we share, there's always, it seems, an unlimited number of more, more, more that we could have done. So it it comes back to that place that that success really, and however God chooses— to define it. Remember, Jeremiah would not have a successful ministry. The guy ends up getting thrown in a well. Yep. You know, no one wanted to pay attention to him. Who would want a ministry like Jeremiah? But in the eyes of God, Jeremiah was a tremendous successful prophet, and his book is still being yeah. read and and a blessing to all of us, and we've taught out of it and preached out of it. Yeah. So success and failure is really in God's hands. Sometimes, and here's the frightening thing about ministry that I tell young guys that are coming in the ministry these days, um, you might succeed in the eyes of, of men mm. or, or you might fail, but that's in God's hands. Mm. Yeah. Um, obedience is in yours. And if God gives you a ministry, he's not giving you a ministry where the primary goal is success. The primary goal is obedience. Yeah. And then we trust God for the success as or the fruitfulness as he wants to bring it about. Remember, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. And except the Lord build the house, God, God reminds <laughs> us that we're laboring yeah. in vain to begin with. Uh, here's another question I want to ask you guys. What are some of the things that give you the greatest sense of joy and, and remind you of the blessing that comes with being able to serve the Lord in the ministry of his kingdom and his church. Because if you're not going to get all the cards and notes and visits made, <laughs> then where's the joy, okay? So what what is the blessing that 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 just fires you up, that you you walk away and you say, wow, thank you, God. That was that thank you for reminding me and thank mm. you for calling me as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll I'll take that one first. I, I think you know, early on I I I took such great joy in knowing how, seeing how God provided, you know, when, and, and basically saying, see, I told you, Jay, that I would, <laughs> I would take care of this. But I, being, I think being able to be so close, um, kind of having this proverbial front row seat to, to see through so many different lives how God changes um, people and, and to be a part of that in, in the times where he uses me, uh, whether it's directly or, or indirectly, to, uh, to, to be a part of seeing so many people recognize their need for a Savior and, and accept the gift of salvation. Uh, it's just really, uh, you know, I used to love thinking that, that especially in my later years, I was, I was in my mission field in the business world, but, but I came to realize quickly, no, I, I really wasn't. 
uh, on mission the way I needed to be in in that context mm. and in that place. And and the the contrast with that um, has really been, I think, probably my greatest joy. Whether it's here at home and seeing that happen within our community or being uh, overseas in a place like Lesotho and seeing people who've never heard the gospel <laughs> trust it because they just believe it to be true. Wow. Knowing that you're having experiences that you never would have had. That's right. Oh, yeah. Um, had had you not said, uh, here I am, Lord, yeah. send me. Great. Hmm, well, so- Patrick, what about you? Yeah, uh, I guess pretty similar. But when I think of my greatest sense of joy in ministry, I think of two people, and it's my two younger brothers. <laughs> uh, seeing them saved and committed to Christ shortly after the Lord saved me, I mean— I, I can't even put that into words. I'm I'm always going to look back fondly on ministry wherever things go from here, wherever things take me. But my most cherished moments will be seeing Nick and Logan grow in their commitments to Jesus. Logan is now at uh, UNC Wilmington working for Crew. Nick had moved to Raleigh and missed Kynos so much that he moved back specifically to come to Kynos and said he would figure out his career from there. And he's doing great. But those two guys are really, really special to me, obviously. And just seeing the way that God has changed their lives completely gives me immense joy. Wow, that is what what a neat story. Almost a domino effect. Once yeah. you gave yourself to Christ, then your brothers followed as well. And, and in case we have any listeners that think that Crew is a clothing store, uh, <laughs> explain what that is, okay? Yeah, Crew is a Christian ministry on college campuses. I think most campuses in the U.S. have a sect uh, of Crew, but— uh, their goal is uh, biblical teaching and preparing the people there for evangelism. And so, yeah, Logan got the call to ministry um, and just put it in the Lord's hands. I think he was looking at like Lynchburg College. He he also went to Virginia Tech, staying local at Lynchburg. But then he also just said, you know what, Lord, lead me. And he's now at UNC Wilmington. Yeah, it <laughs> used to be known in, back in the Ice Age as Campus Crusade for Christ. Right, right. So so Crew is not C-R-E-W, it's C-R-U, short for Crusade. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, uh, neat, great ministry, and a lot of people have uh, come into the kingdom because yeah. of it. Well, well let's ask a, a question now, looking at where you are today and, and what you've experienced so far. How has following Christ and answering his call to leave your secular work field and and what you had prepared to do for your life's career through college and enter full-time ministry, how has this decision challenged you and, and, and even grown you in your personal faith as a Christian and as a, a follower of Christ, as a servant leader of ministry? Short answer, but I don't think I could say it any better. James 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Um, it adds a level of accountability. You know, it's something that um, I want to walk the talk. Uh, I want to practice what I preach. Mm. And so I think about that all the time. Mm. Mm, good the word. Time. That's great. Jay, what about you? Yeah, I, I think challenge is interesting because I, <clears throat> you know, I think I've always kind of wondered what a lot of people outside of ministry wonder. What, what do pastors do all day? And all we do is work on Sundays. Yeah, but one big quiet time, scripture powwow, and and uh, but but it's one of the things that I've realized is, man, I have to work just as hard on my daily walk with Jesus mm. as I did in in my old career yeah. because distractions um, can can be just as prominent and and prevalent. Uh, doing the best thing for the Lord 
versus doing something good yeah. uh, is still still a big part of of, of discernment and, and knowing um, the challenge that I face in, in ministry. Yeah. So I want to add one follow-up to that. I would say you might even have to work harder uh, yeah, in your personal walk disagree. with the Lord because it's really easy to do the nine to five and leave and think that I just spent the whole day with Jesus. Yeah. In reality, right. you didn't. That's right. So yeah. you have to be even more intentional. Yeah, John Piper years ago wrote a book with a great title and a great message reminding those of us in ministry saying in the title, I believe it, it was something like this, Brothers Bro- Were Not Professionals. Yeah, right. and, uh, and and we're not professionals. We're, we're servants and we're followers of Christ. Um, and, and it's a whole different economy yeah. in, in heaven standards of what we do and the way we look at the world compared to of what our worldview was prior to God calling us um, into ministry. It's, Brian, can I add one thing, yeah, too? Yeah, Because I do think, uh, c- connected to all this, you know, in my ministry to my family, it's it's been another part of that challenge because it's, you know, there are a lot of days you that, that just feel taxing. You know, you've mm-hmm. poured out, uh, and you go home, and, and you just want to not minister. But mm-hmm. a mentor years ago told me, before Jennifer and I married, that your your most important ministry is to your wife, and and should God bless you with kids to your kids, and and so I'm I'm challenged in that part of of my life as well that that I don't lose sight and that I don't give them what's left over. Yeah, but uh, but but give them. Boy, my that's best. so true. You know, the Chris, Christianity, the gospel itself, is caught mm. by children more easily than it's taught. Uh, yeah. It's it's a both and, not an either or, and uh, and and really. It's a responsibility once a Patrick, once a family comes along. Jay and I, I've raised a family. Jay's in the process of raising a family. And what's important is that our children understand that dad's got the best job in the world. If if our kids think that the church is a terrible place mm. for us to work, then or any ministry, then we have already failed them in helping them understand what ministry really is. Um, really, God provides a way for us to not have to worry about providing for our families so that we can work with others mm. in ministry and lead others to, to Christ. Yeah, yeah. I, what, what better calling could a person have than should God call someone uh, like us to follow him in full-time Christian service and working with and in and, and for the very thing that God has bought with his own blood. Uh, Too many times I think preacher's kids can be made to feel like they're victims when really they're victors. Mm -hmm. And, and, And sometimes we can bring them along with us to ministry. You know, now a lot of times we can't, but sometimes we can if we have to bribe them with ice cream or pizza at the end of the trip, then it's so perfectly okay because our kids get to see what we do, um, you know, rather than, than simply... Um, uh, there goes dad out the door again, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, policemen kids oftentimes think the world of mm. their cop dad, mm-hmm. fireman kids think the world oftentimes sure. of their fireman father. Yeah. Why are preachers kids not thinking as a whole great things about their preacher dad? And so it, it really is mm. Jay going back to your point, ministry Success, mm. going back to talk about success, yeah. regardless of what happens at church is what happens at home, That's yeah. true. you know. And uh, what a what a great way to lead into our, our, our last question as we're almost out of time. Um, and, and here it is. What advice, 
uh, I want to I want to get to this quickly because someone might be listening to the podcast today and and they are where you were, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they where you were, Jay? Uh, what advice would you give to that man or woman who is struggling with what they believe to be God's call in their heart to leave their present professional direction and instead enter into full time Christian ministry? What what would you want to tell them? I, I would, uh, if I, I have the opportunity to have this conversation every now and then, and, and I, I, this is what I, what I tell them is, is, uh, work is make sure you're working harder to really listen to that voice, uh, to, to embrace what, what you, you believe may be God's call to ministry. Make sure you're working harder to, to do that than you are to dismiss it. Um, and, and I, I believe, I believe God's timing for me and my family was, uh, was right according to his plan and 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 his design, but but boy, I wish I had done it sooner. And and so I, I feel like when I when I get the chance to encourage, and if this encourages someone else, it's to if they have that sense already to really yeah. really dig into that, really seek the Lord, and and be all in pursuing that and, and getting clarity and and wisdom uh, of that direction, rather than than gosh, what do I have to do to make that go away? Yeah, yeah, and God wants us to know His will. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says, if if we ask in faith, God will will show us His perspective on our circumstances. You know, sometimes we think that that God is 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 uh, uh, almost like you know the leprechaun on Lucky Charms, and you're trying <laughs> to catch him. And if you do, then maybe He'll tell you what you want to know. He's our loving heavenly Father, and He wants us to know more about what his plan for us is than 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 we do. Mm, and and yeah. so asking him in faith and and giving serious time, not blowing it off. Patrick? Yeah, I would just say God uses hesitant people. Um if you look at the Old Testament, it's almost like a prerequisite <clears throat> is to have a degree of hesitancy. Um <laughs> but if you're getting the sense that God's calling you into ministry and you have some doubts or hesitations, that's okay. But maybe some of the practical steps you need to do is pray, measure against the Bible, and then seek godly counsel. Mm. And when all those things sort of intersect, I, I think you're probably following the right path. Well, you're so right. You know, I used to tell, guys, I used to tell young men in the ministry and, and women too that that if you can't do anything else, that you're probably called to ministry. And I stopped <laughs> saying that about 10 years ago because God kind of got my attention mm. and said, what are you saying, Brian? Of course they can do something else. <laughs> yeah. I gave them a free will. Do you think I remove that free will when I call them to ministry? Um, but but it's not can you or can you not do anything else? What is it that your heart mm-hmm. desires to do because God is pulling your heart? You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Your desires will be to serve him and to follow him. And it's not, you don't have to, would you say you don't have to be the most articulate person or the most talented no, person no. or or just because someone up on the platform of your church or in front of you in ministry has all these great, cool, wonderful attributes. You don't have to have those things no. to be an effective yeah. servant and faithful follower of Christ, do you? And I'll just add a little personal story. When I was in college, I would calculate before the semester started if I could get zeros on my presentations, because one, I hated public speaking and I've always had a stutter. And so if someone told me in college that you're going to be preaching, I would say you are a lunatic. That is the last thing I'll ever do. And God just made it happen. Boy, that's so similar to my story as well. Patrick, you are so right that that serving Christ, it's not about our, our ability 
It's our availability. Mm. You know, it's our, it's, are we yielding to Christ and allowing him to have his full and complete way and purpose with us? For sure. And Brian, just something else, I think, just to make sure we, we don't confuse um, Christian ministry and the call, you know, we, one of the things that I've recognized very clearly is, is the Christian ministry is something uh, we're all called to. Boy, no matter that's right. where we are, it doesn't mean our paycheck needs to come from a church uh, in order to be obedient to what God's called us to to be as followers of Christ as of Christ. And so, uh, if if maybe we we blurred the lines there, I think it was you know we we agreed it's important to come back and say that your your ministry in your workplace, wherever God's called you mm-hmm. and placed you, uh, is is what you're accountable to, not not who your paycheck's coming from in that area of obedience. Boy, that's right. You know, some of the most dynamic ministers I've ever known were physicians. Oh, yeah. Mm. They were lawyers. They were judges. They were bankers. They were construction workers. And uh, they had as much of a vibrant ministry, in some cases even more so, Mm. than somebody that had the title of minister or got a paycheck from a church or a ministry yeah. organization. And uh, whoever you are hearing this podcast today, uh, Patrick, Jay, and I would all say um, that if you're a Christian, mm. you've been called a full-time ministry, mm-hmm. uh, even though uh, you may have another professional job, your your personal responsibility is to be a minister, isn't yeah. it, Jay? Yes, it is. I, I'm reminded of a friend we'd all know, uh, and and the first time I met him, as we were making introductions, he he, he shared his name and, and said what he did. Uh, but he was quick to say that that's just what I do. That's not who I am. Mm. And he wow. said that was a that was a point he made anytime he <laughs> met somebody. That was his way of saying that's just what I do. But who I am, my identity is as a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's right. And friend, who are you today? I hope you're a follower of Jesus Christ as well. Well, those are great words for all of us on today's podcast. Thank you so much, Jay and Patrick, for being a part of Star City for what has been a very insightful and, I pray, encouraging and helpful conversation to those who've been listening out there who themselves might be wrestling with trying to discern God's call and purpose in their lives as followers of Jesus Christ, or they've lost focus of the fact that just because they're not working in the church doesn't mean they're not full-time witnesses, servants, and ambassadors for Jesus Christ wherever they go and whatever they do. Remember, the Bible says, whether you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, that's all that we have time for today here at Star City. So until next week, I'm Brian Smith reminding you to be sure to keep living each day by His grace and always for His glory.